Our scripture reading today is John 14, verse 15, verse 31. And our sermon title today is, If We Love God, dot, dot, dot. Uh, This is the Lord's word. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I'll ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I live with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. May the Lord bless us in the reading of his holy word. Today is Communion Sunday. In each Communion Sunday, I I take the liberty to choose a passage from Scripture that highlights the work of Jesus, the work of the Father who loves us, the work of the Holy Spirit. We see that salvation has been 
given to us by the Father, by the Son, by the Holy Spirit, the triune God. And it is He, this, this three-in-one God, that we worship, that we bow our knee to. We do so because He has created all things. And all peoples, whether they know Christ or, or not, can see the transcendent power of God everywhere they go. Perhaps when you walk through the North Georgian mountains and you see the leaves turn color. Perhaps for some of you, when, when you go to Yellowstone National Park or you see some grand display of God's majesty, that you have no words to say. But simply in worship to some creator God, you say, this is no accident. Someone made this for my eyes to see, my heart to feel, to understand that beauty in this world is beyond what any human being can create or imagine. In and of itself, God has graced us with that. And we're thankful that he's freely given that to all people, to the world, as we, as we say. But we also know that as God's people, that God has displayed a greater work for those of us who believe. Jesus says he's come to, to make himself not manifest to the world or shown to the world, but to you alone. And Judas was scratching his head. What do you mean that you did not come to manifest or show yourself to the world, but only to those who love you and keep your commands? Jesus is saying to us that there is a work, a specific work that he does for his people to bring about love, reconciliation, and joy between us, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What the world just sees as just disembodied beauty we see the personal God and the way they love one another. The Father loving the Son. The Son saying, I, I do what my Father commands because I love Him. And the Spirit who by, his, by through God's work enables us to join in that communion with God himself. It is knowing God and being known by his triune love for us that makes our hearts leap with joy. Stop and pause. You don't need to go anywhere to see the beauty of God. 
You don't need to go on YouTube and YouTube Grand Canyon to see the glory and splendor of God. All you need to do is look at yourself and the beauty that God is working in you. You who are lost, you who are still confused. And yet God's love in you and the salvation he's wrought in you has made you beautiful to him. When the Lord gazes upon you, he sees the perfection of Jesus. He sees the work of his spirit. And he sees the outpouring of his will being done in you. In our passage today, we, we see Jesus sort of passing on the baton in this work of salvation. And Jesus is saying, listen, I will do what I came to do. My role is to lay down my life. My role is that the evil one will come, but I lay down my life on my accord because I love the Father, but I'm laying down my life. And after I lay down my life, I will be with my Father in heaven. But I will not leave you alone. For my presence will be even greater than the presence of my body and flesh here. For I'm sending you a helper, a counselor, the Holy Spirit. And this Holy Spirit will live in you. You see, the Holy Spirit is the one who, who takes the truth of history, what Jesus has done, and has made it true for us who believe. Without the Spirit, no one can understand this manifestation of God's love. It's the Spirit itself that, that gives us a new heart, that allows us to see this manifestation. And the Spirit does two things here, at least in this passage. One, it tells us that we belong to Him. When you belong to Jesus, there is a, a witness in your heart that you no longer belong to the things of this world, but that the love of Jesus comes so powerfully in you that you render yourself beholden, a slave, a prisoner, to Jesus himself. And it's not something that you can explain to other people. But it's something that you simply understand by faith. And then when you share it with other brothers and sisters, they just simply nod their heads and go, I know what you mean. Scriptures are true. I have been justified. I've been brought into the family of God by the Holy Spirit. 
and God's Spirit works so powerfully in me that I can do nothing but yield in gratefulness to His love. Now, there might be people here who are saying that, how can I be saved? How can I know Jesus then? How, how can I have this joy that, that sort of encapsulates what's, what's here in this church and, and what Christians throughout all generations have experienced? See, the good news is this. You can't try. There's no formula. That's actually good news. Because if there was a formula and you were bad at it, that would be horrible. The good news is this. We come to Jesus with your hands. Not empty. Not with good works. But with all your sins, your failings, your hurts, your sufferings. And you say, God, I can't do anything. Please come. Please send your spirit. Please show me who you are. And the Lord, by his grace and his mercy, he will surely show you who he is. The same spirit will justify you, make you right before the Lord, will bring you to a right relationship with our God once again. But there's something else about the spirit here that I really sort of want to, to sort of focus upon for, for us as a church. And that is the same spirit that justifies you, that, that saves you, that, that perhaps is that point of history that, that we experience as, as, as uh, time-bound beings. This same spirit is the same spirit that grows you in holiness. The term that we like to use is it sanctifies you. It makes you holy. It makes you become more and more enamored with the Lord. It grows your affections to love Jesus, God, the Father, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus more and more as you grow in your faith. In fact, it's a sign that you actually know Jesus. It's not simply that, that one confession that you made. The sign that you know Jesus is a growing affection and love that you have for him. Relationships are all like this. If you're married, if you have a best friend, if you have parents, and your love isn't growing, changing, if you're not seeing new things, if you're not rejoicing in the way each person's character is changing day by day, 
There is no relationship. There is no love. If I were to say that, that I loved so-and-so, but my affections didn't grow for that person, for their ills and for their good things as well, I can't say I love them. But for us as believers in Christ, the way that we can see that Jesus is being manifest in us, the way that we can see that our love is growing for him, is by listening to the Spirit and doing what the Lord commands. Jesus says many times here, if you love me, if you love me. Now when you hear something like that, someone says to you, well, if you love me, it's like bad news, right? It's the worst thing you can say to someone. Well, if you really love me, you know that, that, that whatever comes to the end is it's going to be hard to hear. I want to challenge you Not in a way that I hope will sort of destroy you, okay, use that term. But in a way that would show you your weakness and bring you closer to the Lord. But this is what Jesus says. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my word. If you love me, you will do all that I told you to do when I was with you. That's what Jesus is saying. If you love me, brothers and sisters, you will do all that is written in my word. If you truly have been changed by me, you will grow in your affection for me. by becoming like me, by keeping the law. You see, it's very interesting in our world today. You could go to a place and tell people, I want you to believe in Jesus. If you believe in Jesus, you will be saved from eternal damnation. Just believe in him and you'll be saved. And that person will say to you, oh, I like that. I will believe in Jesus. But I'll also believe in Muhammad. And I'll believe in Hinduism. And I will believe that whatever I feel is right is the best thing to do. And all of a sudden, everything is lost. Because to love Jesus means that you need to hate other things. And even as Christians, we're not comfortable with that. That if we love, that we need to hate. 
When I mean by hate, I don't mean rage and anger. What I mean by hate is that your affections have, have no time for that. That my affections only have time for this. But many times we as Christians, we want Jesus and everything else. And if we want Jesus and everything else, then we don't have Jesus. We just have everything else. Jesus wants us as to, to sort of confirm our relationship with him by growing our affections to, to love what he loves and to hate or despise the things that he hates and he despises. And as we walk and become more like him, we will see Jesus manifested in us. So what are some things? Well, here's a brief list with some scripture passages for you to, to look up later in your time, but I just want to go very quickly. We who love God... We must hate the world and hate our old self. Let me give you an example of this. Many of us wrestle with repenting of our sins. David Paulson wrote a book on, on, on anger, and he had this one chapter, which is basically one paragraph, and that one paragraph says, you have an anger problem. And it says, if you don't admit it, you're wrong. You have an anger problem. It's just that one paragraph. I remember reading that chapter going, this isn't fair. <laughs> but it's true. We have an anger problem. Everyone has an anger problem. It manifests in depression. It manifests in fits of rage. It manifests in, in, in different ways. The thing is, is this. We should so hate the old self that even if we can't repent, of our anger. We hate the fact that we can't even repent of that anger. I hate my old self because my old self is preventing me from repenting of my anger and from loving God. Now most of us would love simply to say, oh yeah, my anger, I see it, I repent, I'm all well and I'm all good. But most of us, what usually happens, I see my anger, I want to repent of it, I say it in words, but my actions are like, I want to be angry. And I'm going to indulge in my anger. Because the old self is still, you know, it's, it's a legitimate part of who I am. It's not legitimate anymore. If you're in Christ, And so for the very least, what do we do? You take that one step removed and you can't repent of the anger. You repent of not being able to repent of your anger. And you plead to God for mercy. Because you will not accept your old self. You will not accept your old way of life. You hate your old way of life because you love God. If you love me, you will keep my commands. God's word. 
We are people who will love God's word because God's word is, is the source of all counsel and all, of all life. We are people who need priests in our life. Do you know that? We need people to confess our sins to, confess our heart to, and we need people to say good words to us. Most of us just want to hear what we want to hear, right? We, we go to their friend, we vomit everything, and they say, there, there, it's okay, and everything's good. Don't you know that God's word is where we find counsel? God's word is where our hearts must be drawn to. God's word is what we fight for. And not the counsel of people who just tell us what we want to hear or people just pat us on the back. We don't turn to, to music just to feel good because we like the lyrics. We don't try to find a good meme that sort of describes what's going on, but we look to God's word. There's a dichotomy that happens to God's people when they know him. You love God's people. You hate discord in the church. Here at CCPC and whatever church that you guys will, some of you visitors come from or perhaps you guys will eventually find, you need to love the people in your church. That doesn't mean that you like them, although you eventually will, believe it or not. But you love them, you move towards them, you listen to them, you talk with them, you pray with them. And before you know it, you simply see another sinner who is just as desperate and just as unable to follow God as you are. And you hate discord, you hate strife. Because you understand without the unity of the body of Christ, God's witness can't go forth because it's the love between the brothers and sisters that manifests God's presence here today. CCPC, do you love one another? Love one another. Laugh at yourself. Laugh at each other. Your neighbor. We're to love our neighbor, just people who are around us. We, are, we hate having a, a selfish heart. We don't like it when part of us just wants to live our lives in our own little bubble. I enjoy talking to some of my pastor friends, um, and we enjoy talking with one another because they will tell me of a neighborhood, of people that they're serving. And they'll challenge me and say, Pastor Young or Young, what are you doing about it? And I'll be like, oh, I'm doing it. <laughs> and I'll share with them the same thing. Here are the people I'm ministering to and, and the difficulties we're having. What are you doing about it? And, like, and that's a good thing. Unfortunately, we can't help everyone. But when your heart get so hardened that you don't see the needs of the people out there. 
and you yourself do not participate, whether it's just by talking and praying with people, or it's actually going out to, like we did last week, to Clarkston and, and just loving people by playing silly games. If you love me, love your neighbor, Jesus says. And lastly, your enemy. Do you love your enemy? I hope this is not a shock to you, but in this world, people will hate you. <laughs> I hope this is not a shock to you, but even people in the church will hate you. People will wrong you. It's just going to happen. Jesus says, love your enemies. If you love me, keep my commandments. Do you, when you have that vengeful heart, do you say to yourself, I have the right to be vengeful. I have the right to think in my head a hundred different ways where I could punish this person. We've all done that. I've done that. <laughs> or do you say, Lord, I want this person to suffer, blah, 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 but forgive me that I can't love them. Help me to see that that person is simply me towards you. You forgave me. Help me to forgive him. But my heart says no. What am I doing? Help me. There's a division between those who know God who don't know God. Your confession by your word when you were 16 years old is not enough. If you love Jesus, you will do as he commands. Why is this? Well, what does he promise? If you love me and you do what do X, Y, and Z, you will receive what? My Father's love, our presence, and peace. If you do what Jesus commands you to do, what is revealed in your actions with the Lord is, your father, is the Father's love in your life. You begin to see, your eyes begin to open up to the reality that this world is not my home. You experience the Father's love in you as you love other people. You start to realize that you're saved by grace alone as you give grace to other people without, without any strings attached. You start to see your sinfulness because you see how hard it is to live a life here. And you start to see that you are in need of the Lord and his love for you. His presence. The Father is in Jesus. The Jesus is the Father and the Holy Spirit lives in us. And we together have fellowship with God as we love him. And it's that fellowship with God as we keep his commandments. That's the joy of the believer. That's the only joy that we have that the God has promised to give to all who know him. 
I pray that you're able to say, I see Jesus. Because when I try to follow him and do as he says, he appears. Because there's no way I can love his word, love him, love my neighbors, love my enemies without him. And I see my weaknesses, my reliance upon him. And he's made manifest in my life. And lastly, Jesus says, I leave you with peace. Peace not as the world gives. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. When you stop trying to follow the things of this world and please the things of this world, and when you just try to please God and just God alone, and you, when you start to see that God's economy of where the world should work actually is the right way to work, it works because it's true. Then there is no heart that is troubled. Then there is no fear in what happens in the world. For we just simply obey God love people, and in God's economy, he gives us his love, his presence, and his peace. What are we working for, people? Seriously, what are we working for? The Lord has given his life for you. This is the beginning of the new economy in Christ Jesus for those who believe. It will direct your paths. He will be with you. And he will lead you into life and life everlasting. My prayer is twofold. For those of you who are members of this church, that you will start once again to obey God out of love. Stop living in two worlds. And work for God's blessing and God's presence. And may he become manifest more and more in you. For those of you here who are still wondering whether this Christ thing really makes sense, whether Jesus really does make sense, I ask of you simply to look at what Jesus has to offer you compared to what the world. Jesus offers you himself, eternity, love and grace that is transcendent from this world. He will give you the longings of your heart according to his plan. He will put your feet on solid ground to, to live this world joyfully in him. 
And I want you to compare it to what the world promised. The world changes their mind all the time. You've changed your mind all the time. You have, there is no peace in this world. There is no peace in your hearts. But the Lord offers that to all of you who come to believe. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. We ask of you once again, Lord, to bless us and to teach us that you are love, that your death and your resurrection, that your sending of the Spirit is all part of your plan to save your people, to bring joy to them, and for your name and your name alone to be glorified. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.